Real Goddess, Discovering Your Divine Destiny by Cherie Sandal, Episode 49, Money Abundance. Real Goddess is the most important thing you can know about in your life. It's the end goal of all we become in this life. Eternity is the wrong thing to be wrong about. You treat differently what you want to last forever. A wise man said that in this current day and age, women will be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways. And I'm here to rope you in, sister. Several years ago, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I had a name on my mind. And it was something like the widow of Zara. And as I was trying to make sense of whatever this name was that was coming to my mind, I was like, this sounds like something that's in the Bible, but I'll have to look it up in the morning. So when I woke up, I went and I looked in the Bible and I found the widow of Zarephath was the story. So I thought, well, I wonder if maybe I woke up in the middle of the night with this on my mind. Maybe I should look into it. So I looked it up and the story goes as follows. The widow of Zarephath was down to her last supplies. She had enough grain and oil for one last meal. The prophet Elijah asked her to make food for him with her very last ingredients. She did as he asked, though she feared she and her son would be eating their last meal. She was about to run out of food, but she did not. Not because she had enough money, but because she had enough faith. The Lord will reward our faith and hard work. She had enough food for the prophet, her son, and herself for many meals to come. That story is found in 1 Kings chapter 17. So how can this attitude relate to our prosperity, and why was I thinking of this story at 4 o'clock a.m.? Well, it says in verse 15 of that First Kings chapter, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. So what might be her thoughts each of those many days thereafter? Skepticism, surety, wonder, grateful expectation? And how was I thinking of money in my life and sustenance and whatever I thought I had to draw from? for providing my, quote, happiness. How would it be to live every day as if you know everything you need will be supplied, like it did for the widow of Zarephath? Could it be like the faith of Moses in the wilderness? Like Esther in the court of her king husband? What is the difference in the feeling of lack and fear compared to abundance and faith? Have you thought much about this? I know that for me, I lived a lot in the feeling of fear, that there just would never be enough. Could you sustain that hopeful feeling of faith and being supplied for your every need every day? Could you hold a goddess in training mentality that you are overcoming the world? That, like with the widow of Zarephath, The Lord will provide. So the lesson I learned by that story was to live by this principle. God will provide when you are doing his will. 
because why wouldn't he? Right? If you have plenty as a god, why would you not give it to your children on earth who are doing exactly what you're asking them to, following the commandments and trying to do their best? So, as a side note, I've been putting off this topic for a podcast for a while now because I keep thinking I need to learn more. I know there's more that I've not quite got yet. I'm not quite totally practiced, but I actually feel like now is the time. So, here we go. I'm going to tell you my steps for developing an abundance mindset. Oh boy, are you ready? So this is going to be in the order of how I've developed this mindset and how my whole way of thinking about money has changed. So we're going to start out from the beginning of how my mindset generally was and then go through the steps that I think are what you do to to develop abundance. One, you want, but you feel you just can't have. So I'd walk into Walmart and I'd say, I want everything in this store. If I had enough money, I would buy everything. I would buy this TV. I would buy this this cute shirt. I would buy all the finest, most expensive of the food here. I would buy any craft or art supply I want. I would just buy this little knickknack because it looks cool. And I would have that feeling whenever I'd walk into Walmart. Here's the second step. Change your wording around money from we can't afford that to I don't want to spend my money that way. So as I walked into Walmart, I would start thinking, wait, do I really want that knickknack just because it's cool? Do I want to have to dust it? Do I want to have to try to make it work in my decor? Maybe I really don't. So maybe I don't want to spend my money that way. Step three, decide you are worthy of more. I'd been driving around this old bunged up minivan for decades. And when I started to feel the feeling of prosperity and abundance, I realized I didn't have to be driving around this bunged up car. And for a bit of it, it was like, well, this is a a humble thing. This is keeping me humble. But why? If everybody else is driving cars that they feel reliable on the highway and that they like how they look, why couldn't I? It was actually kind of hard to talk my husband into why when I was saying, well, because I feel like I deserve a better car. And he's thinking, oh, this sounds pretty prideful. Actually, I don't, I can't speak for him. I don't know what he was thinking, but he eventually did relent and we got myself a car that I love. Step number four. Start to get more. Taking care of needs and wants and trusting the money will be there for it. Knowing what you want without debate or weaker substitutes. So how often did I say, oh, well, I want this nice thing that uh, maybe a piece of furniture, but I'll just settle for this lesser thing that costs just a fraction. But then I started to get into the mindset of, I want this couch, and I know exactly what couch I want, and I am not going to settle for any less, even if it takes several trips up to the city that has big enough stores to have a decent selection of couches. I'm going to get this. And I started to. And man, it felt so good. When I bought my piano that had everything I wanted on it, which was a MIDI strip so I could um, plug an acoustic piano into a digital laptop. That 
It was just a, a dream come true. And I thought about painting this 100-year-old piano myself, but then I decided to have them paint it for me, and I have never regretted any of my decisions regarding getting exactly, exactly what I wanted with that piano, even though they even told me, well, this is an outdated color. And I'm thinking, well, it's going to be in date and the next happening thing pretty darn quick. So get what you want, trusting the money will be there. And I'm saying without going into debt. Step five, give up wanting more, being content exactly with what you have. So that almost seems at odds with number four about getting in and finding exactly what you need and want. But this is a different step of saying, you know what? I am totally happy exactly with what I have. I am totally content. And yes, I might still want this thing and I might still buy it, but it's with the attitude that I don't need anymore and that I'm totally fine with exactly what I have. Step six, give up the idea that money provides happiness. Now you may think all day long, oh, I know, I know money doesn't provide happiness, but oh boy, in the subconscious, it may be totally there that the more money you have, the more happiness you have. And then I started to just imagine on my dream board some of the things like a cruise with my whole family. Well, could I just imagine having what that provided me for happiness without actually doing it? And I got to where, yes, I totally could envision that idea of my family all on a cruise, eating all the food they have available, playing all the sports and whatever they have on the top of the boat and going to plays together and meeting up at certain points together. And how fun is this? We're on a boat and there's waves all around us and we can't even see any shore. And this is just so dang cool. I could just imagine all of that. And I didn't even have to get us to the boat. We didn't even have to have all that stress about hoping we make the adventure and not, and not miss the embarking of the boat. So I could just imagine it. And if I can imagine it and I didn't have any money to provide it, that means I could get happiness from it. Right? Next step, seven. Envision having anything you could desire. Okay, so I just kind of explained that in six, but it's like, well, what would I like to have? What kind of great things that I've been wishing I could have can I just dream up? Eight, develop a prosperous mindset that leaves scarcity behind. So you start to think in a uh, higher level of having and not always just thinking, oh, I can't have that. Oh, you know, walking into Walmart. Oh, I can't have that. Instead, walking inside Walmart and saying, I can have anything in the store I want. And you know what the funny thing was? I started to say, actually, I don't want very much of anything in the store. Why would I want to take home that little knickknack that I might have to dust and take care of and try to fit into the decor? And no, I do not want knickknacks. And I'm already buying the finest of the foods that I want to that are the healthiest. We're talking like expensive olive oil and avocado oil and um, the things that some people say, oh, that's just too expensive. But then you say, well, but isn't it worth my health? Or the cute shirt? Totally buy it. And so it actually became, I noticed that it was much less, way less than I actually wanted when I told myself I could have anything when I walk into Walmart. Step nine, envision happiness despite money. 
So knowing that money really has no bearing on happiness. So whether you have tons of money or not much money at all, you can still be happy, like I kind of mentioned a few steps ago. But it's a new level because it's money either way. Not having money, you're still happy. Having lots of money, you're still happy. Ten, envision the amount inside your accounts as if you are currently already at that amount. So to say, I want X amount of dollars in my accounts and I totally believe it's going to be there faith completely that it's totally going to be what you think it is, that amount. Step 11, get exactly what you want with the money you have. No skimping. Your wishes are in alignment with the money you have to spend. So it's always enough instead of settling and not getting exactly what you want. So we kind of already talked about that a little, but this is even a little bit more. So this is like, you know, uh, new little levels, just little micro levels of, yeah, now this is just a titch different. So this one is that you really can have what you want with the money that you have. No borrowing, no scrambling, that the money is just there. Step 12, envision having the feeling you want without the effort behind what it requires to buy that feeling. Again, just a little bit higher on the envisioning of like, I can have that and I would never even need to buy it. It just is there for me. There's not even a process of having to figure out how to get the money for it. It's just there. 13. Accept thinking like more prosperous people think and spend that you may have previously judged poorly. So those people who are, you think, they are, I can't believe that lavish house. How dare they? They must be really um, vain people. But when you start to see them as being on a higher level of just being like Abraham, the prophet, who had plenty and he was still a righteous person. So spending more than normal on things of quality becomes the norm. And you don't judge these people and say, oh, well, I don't want to be like them. No, you're up on that level where you say, I have enough. Fourteen. Find your money situation is easily increasing and you accept that new position. The money situation is just what it is. It's of course increasing because you already saw that happening. This is the law of attraction. Number 15, find yourself on a new level of abundance and realize there are more wonderful levels even. 16, you give more and feel more expansive in feelings towards others your sharing capacity, and trust. Trust all over the place. So instead of being like, oh, we're so afraid of anything that might happen, the bad guys, all the scammers, you just put your thoughts out there in trust that exactly what is happening is what is supposed to be happening. Number 17, you keep the money flowing. This is what we call currency, like the current of a river that continues to flow. And if if you feel stagnant in that amount that's in your account and you realize, well, I haven't been spending very much, then what is the next thing that you would spend on? And then reinvest and do it smartly in the things that you feel good about, not just dumping it. Even if it's like saying, I'm going to take some of this money and I'm going to totally donate it to people because I need to keep this money flowing. That is what increases money is that it continues to flow. So whenever I start to feel stagnant in my spending, I start to think, well, what's the next great thing I wanted to spend? And then I talk my husband into it. No, just kidding. 
Oh, I have to put a little caveat here. Something that has saved our marriage is that we have separate spending accounts. We have certain amounts that are put into these, our personal accounts every month. So we can have money to do exactly what we want to. And there's no begging or cajoling or rationalizing or explaining that we're trying to do with our money. I can just say, oh, guess what? I'm buying that in that new electric bike and I've got the money in my funds. So that has really been great to me to just to, it also, it gives you that abundant feeling of, of course I can do this. Yeah, I've got the money. I always got the money. Number 18, keep gratitude and desire and wishing, imagining like you already had it at the forefront of your mind. And then you just continue to repeat these steps of just feeling like you already have the money, spending abundantly, feeling you're on, like you're on that new level, giving gratitude around and around until you find yourself on even new levels of abundance. So having given those 18 points to you, let me give you this quote. Money makes you more of what you already are. So if you're a swindler, more money will make you more of a swindler. If you are a saint, more money will make you more of a saint. Swindler to saint. Now that I just gave you the points that I uh, believe are attached to a prosperous mindset, I'm now going to tell you my specific path with money. That's kind of my own mindset and how I had to do it based upon my past, my background, my spending habits, what I learned from my parents. So I will knock through this list now. At first, I would skimp and save and try to get out of debt like it was a hot potato. Then we let interest work for us, not against us, paying off debts at every possible turn, then avoiding it altogether. Then we had no debts, but still felt scrimpy. And I would think, I don't like how my spouse is spending money too freely. So it's still in that lack feeling. Realizing when I let go of money a bit, I think more highly of the people around me, more and more. So the less I hang on to money, the more highly I'm able to love the people around me, which was a really interesting mindset for me to realize is that the more I feel like I can just give, the more I love the people around me. Walking into any store and knowing I can have anything I want, the millionaire mindset, meaning I feel like I have a million when I don't even have a million. You begin to care about what you really want and not take anything you don't really want. Why would I have that thing? Just because my scarcity mindset said and couldn't, and I went into rebellious wanting? Next, challenging those from the past who knew me to be miserly, letting them know I'm no longer in that penny-pinching category, and I don't apologize or rationalize. I am part. I think differently now. That's the energy that I say to them. So if they say, wow, you sure are spending money now that you didn't use to, instead of going into guilt, I say, yep, sure am. Next, I decided how I like to save or splurge money. I was intentional about my spending. Next, giving more freely, much more freely whenever I have a chance to give, and not just giving to anyone, but somewhat careful about how I let it go. Like I said, I don't just 
throw it away. I'm intentional and careful, but I am giving. Trying somewhat desperately to earn money myself. So there was a time when I was like, oh, if I'm going to be rich and abundant, I'm going to try to earn money myself. And then after a couple of years, I realized I need to let go of trying to think I need to be able to earn money to have money and find happiness. Then not beating myself up when an investment goes bad so that I don't shrink from spending again. It's all part of the ebb and flow of money. Some investments will not be well. Some money will be lost. And that doesn't mean I'm going to go back into a tight holding onto the money. It means that that was just part of the ebb and flow, part of the currency. Letting others around me know I am delighted to spend money in their behalf. Let me pay for that. I'll grab the tip. I'll make those copies. I'll bring the cookies. What can I do? What can I bring? That to me opens me up so quickly to just be prosperous. And I think other people feel that from me too, that, oh, she'll, she'll take care of it. Not to the point where I'm being taken advantage of, but that I am willingly being available to provide things because I have that abundance. Next, attaining a certain level of money envisioned previously in the bank account on the regular. So what happened for us is I had envisioned this amount that I thought we would have and it ended up being that this amount was three times what our previous balance was. And guess what? That is where we are now is continuously at three times what our previous balance was, which wasn't bad. Now it's just really good. Then God tells me through the spirit that if I have faith and follow what I've already said here, all these steps I've already said, he'll prove to me, he'll provide more like he did for the widow of Zarephath. So if God will provide for the widow of Zarephath, why would he not provide for me? So he says, go ahead and prove me. So I'm like, okay, well, this is the thing I want. And suddenly funds open up. I'm able to buy it without a question. And then after I totally let go of thinking that I needed to earn money, I started doing more of the things that I felt passionate about, including this Real Goddess podcast and movement, as well as marriage classes online. And I had the feeling to not charge anything, even though the world would say, well, how much are are you charging for that? I would say nothing at all, because this is the value that I am putting into the world. And after I totally embrace that and I'm just putting out what I can without trying to get any compensation, my husband got a promotion and he's pleased about the promotion and it will put us into a next category that will be reflective on the amount of retirement he'll be able to eventually take, which is a huge blessing to us, which makes me feel like I can kick back even more and do my passionate thing that is adding value to the world. So I just feel like I don't need to keep making money because my husband has already been a good provider. So I don't even need to worry about that because I am living in the abundance mindset. My husband is being blessed in his job, being a good provider, and I continue to create value. Remember, the bounty of the earth is yours and mine and ours. So I want to give you a Widow of Zarephath challenge. For the next month, when you sit down to eat a meal three times a day, pray over your food, infusing your mind with this abundant, winning, faithful feeling. So what about the goddess? To me, it seems pretty obvious. She doesn't ever want. 
She creates. She is ecstatically satisfied in the present. She is beyond earthly trappings, and the wealth or meagerness of money is a non-issue in godhood. So as a goddess in training, shouldn't it also be to a degree of how we also live on earth? If we are training to be a goddess, then can't money also become a non-issue like you will have as a god or goddess? So consider, if God will manipulate the earth and the sea in creation or miracle, he will manipulate man's money. No divine laws of math or economics change that omnipotent possibility. As we learn as potential goddesses to know God's economics are different here on earth, we let go of the supposed power behind money and remember the great potential for blessings behind the creator mindset which the future goddess possesses. I hope you will join me in awakening one million potential goddesses to their divine destiny by sharing this podcast and information with others you think would benefit. And I hope that you move forward with that money abundance mindset.